0: Our mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Technology can shape growth. Help us be more agile. We can use technology to change, disrupt the landscape of the industries that we participate in. Building technology so that others can build technology and make things happen. Our success is not dependent on our products. It's dependent on the success that our customers, our partners have with our products. It's really not about our ambitions, but it's the application of our ambitions so that we can deliver digital transformation. I want you to envision what difference can you make to shape the world.
1: Good morning, uh, partners, this is Sherman Crancer, Senior Partner Development Manager, and welcome to the panel, Strategies from the Titans of Sales and Industry. So, interesting thing is happening today. Uh, We are actually going to change it completely up and have Jason Hinton uh, and Vadim uh, from uh, Nerdio uh, actually start the show, but uh, as you can tell, um, things happen. Uh, we actually have uh, technical difficulties Uh, no matter what uh, we actually call um, our TriCaster Betsy um, and uh, we love her and we treat her very very nice sometimes Uh, she can be temperamental uh, but uh, I don't know what they call their TriCaster in Chicago uh, but it could be i, I mean i don 't know uh, usually that one 's actually been the one that has been the most helpful um, so we 've got great we 've got a great, got a great uh, show today actually, and I, I think uh, we 're actually very lucky to have uh, two new guests uh, in in our um, in our midst that are really fantastic so i 'm just going to go ahead and introduce them uh, right now. you know you know who I am, you know who uh, jason uh, hinton is he 's actually going to be on the But we also have Vadim, who's the CEO of Nerdio, and he's going to be talking about how he created a uh, a package, a software thing that's going to actually help enable partners significantly uh, with uh, either implementing, finding out how, um, you know, how much usage there is. Uh, We have uh, Justin uh, Slagle. Uh, If you could just show Justin real quick. Uh, He is a senior partner development manager for Microsoft. Probably uh, in the top two, uh, depending on how you weight that out, you know, uh, of, all of, our, uh, of all of our PDMs nationally. And it's really great to have him here. Uh, we're very, very fortunate because I think Justin's going to talk about a couple things and have some great insight on it. Um, and, and then we have Eric Klaus uh, always here uh, to talk about sales uh, and marketing. Uh, and then, uh, as you know, we have Terry and Thomas uh, on the line uh, with their package. So, with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and get over to. Um, I'm going to send it over to to Jason for him to kind of. Well, actually, no. I'll I'll do um, I'll do the agenda real quick, and then Jason, I'll send it over to you for the tip of the week. Um, you know, agenda. You know, so so driving margin uh, in this particular. Let me go ahead and and, and move this slide over here. Um, you know driving margin you know the top I think we're going to be uh, talking about driving margin in Azure so we'll talk about the top six Azure Illinois partners uh, which uh, Jason's going to go to highlight. Uh, there's a tip of the week we have growth we have simplify optimize and repeat. Uh, we'll go into profitability and partner back office. Uh, as I mentioned um, and as we've always done this is a interactive call so we look forward uh, to uh, having you ask questions. We have uh, some, some great people in, that, in, in the house too so please Uh, you know, the wealth of information here uh, is significant. You know, what I love about these slides is that they're on a timer and they just keep moving no matter what. So I'm going to go ahead and push pause on that and send it over uh, to Jason. And why don't we go ahead and uh, just we'll focus on this one shot by itself. Uh, Steve, if you don't mind, so then Jason can kind of talk to this one.
2: Perfect, Chairman. Thank you so much. So I just wanted to... um... I wanted to talk to everyone today about, you know, doing the impossible. And so one of the reasons that I have um, demon from Nerdio, and I also have these partners highlighted, is that um, I feel like in some of the conversations with partners that I've had, there's been a lot of, um, you know, my customers, you know, don't see the need in Azure. When is Microsoft going to provide fixed fee in Azure? Um, and so what I learned early in my sales career is, you know, somebody's selling. Either the customer sells you on why they will or won't buy, or you sell them in terms of um, whether they'll buy what you're selling. So I wanted to throw out the tip of the week is a story that I heard earlier, and uh, due to probably copyright of all sorts of things, I can't say who it's from or how I got it, but um, as you saw, the first graphic is a sub four minute mile, right, so before Roger Bannister, nobody believed that was possible, so therefore nobody broke the four minute mile. Subsequently, lots of great athletes have broken the sub four minute mile because he did so. So I'm highlighting these Azure partners to say, these partners are not any different than the other partners on this call yet they're having extreme growth in Azure and have some that haven't even dipped their toe in the water so we're gonna figure out how we work on that in Q4 and FY19 but I just wanted to throw out a story about training fleas right so this is my tip of the week Uh, you know Sherman had his envelope of uh, money or whatever and so mine is training fleas so you know with fleas you can actually put them in a jar put a top on the jar and they'll start bouncing against the top right eventually over time you can take the top of the jar off and not a single flea will jump out of the jar right so what happens is we come to accept what is um what is possible right or what we think is possible and so what I would like to propose is we have partners doing what some people say is impossible and we want to see how we can do more of that so I just want to say thank you to these Illinois partners and see how we can make the impossible possible in Q4 and FY19. Thanks, Sherman. Back to you. Oh. All, right.
1: all right. Hey, thank you so much. We're we're doing some things a little manually today with with our microphones, but all right. So let's go ahead and get into you know actually you know before Jason, if if I mean if you don't if you don't mind. I, and, and I, Justin, I don't know if you mind about this, but gosh, you know, you have a great story uh, and it kind of goes into the tip. Just, just a little bit about this Azure Architect thing, you know, the, or the architects that you're sending out to the Swarm group. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just thought, you know, if you could give maybe just a few minutes, just kind of wet the whistles. I know we're going to be bringing in somebody uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, if you could just talk a little bit about that and how you see some kind of really awesome impact with that, it'd be great.
3: yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Sherman. So, I don't know how many of you guys have actually leveraged what we're calling our Swarm team. Uh, so, the, the, way that it's, the, the way that we have it designed to work with One Commercial Partner is that you guys know we're, we're trying to go super deep, uh, both with account management as well as on the technical side. And so, these Swarm resources are our 400-level plus uh, architects who are working with partners to help build skill sets and to help you guys develop solutions that you can put into the, the One Commercial Partner catalog. Uh, to give you an idea, one of the architects I've been working with, Matt Sosman, uh, he'll come join us on a, in a future call. Uh, but Matt used to uh, be on the Microsoft Consulting Services team. Uh, he was one of these super high billable guys. In fact, when Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers, he was the guy that they brought in to rip everything out and bring everything into the real world with Microsoft. Uh, but he's been working with several of our partners and helping them understand the full Microsoft security story. A great, uh, great story that, uh, that I can tell you is one of the partners that uh, he recently started working with maybe a couple months ago Uh, They were able to sell EMS, and they were able to do a couple things here and there, but sell it inconsistently. After working with with, uh, Matt and his team and and doing several uh, trainings with Matt and going deep, and these are on-site trainings where the the swarm resources typically will come to you. If it has to be over Skype, they'll do that, but they like to do them in person. But this particular partner, uh, after going through several days of training and, and really understanding the full Microsoft story, is now able to sell the Microsoft 365 E5 stack every time they go out. Uh, in fact, a lot of the customers that they did have on EMS, just regular EMS, they were able to upsell six of them in one week to EMS E5 because they fully understood conditional access. They fully understood all the, all the different things that you can do with multi-factor authentication and so forth. So I highly recommend if you guys have not participated in, in working with one of the architects, uh, and we have them, you know, there's about 100 of them. So they have different specialties. So it could be on Windows, Windows client. It could be on uh, EMS and just full security. It can be on SharePoint. It can be on Teams and voice. So whatever you guys are looking for, we do have super deep resources that are waiting and willing to work with you guys.
1: Super, thank you very much. And I think uh, we're really going to be bringing the, you know, those folks in uh, and, and talking about it. We're going to bring a partner in as well as the actual architect. That's the, uh, the idea. Uh, and hopefully do that by the end of the quarter, which would be fantastic. Uh, just a little housekeeping uh, here: uh, we do have some open slots for some of our partners to come in, and please reach out to myself or Jason, depending if you're in Illinois or you're in, um, you know, uh, California. Um, we'd be really thrilled to be able to do that. And next week we're going to actually uh, talk, show some of the. Uh, the, the bloopers actually, uh, and some of uh, the commercials that we've been doing with the other partners. All right, so let's go ahead and get into growth here. I'm going to go ahead and send it over uh, to, to Jason, and I'm going to put up the five questions that we're going to be kind of talking about. And I think the, the remember, the, ask. Vadim, your questions. Let us know when you want to come on. Uh, J- uh, Justin is actually monitoring them, and we'll actually go through with that. So, you know, uh, Jason, I'll go ahead and send it over to you.
2: Thank you so much, Sherman. I appreciate it. All right, so first question we're going to go with is, um, I don't know, Vadim, do you have a preference in terms of what you want to tackle first? Oh, No
4: just okay. uh, start at the top perfect
2: so what pain points have you experienced or seen other MSPs face in moving customer workloads to
4: Azure so it's, it's a great question uh, I guess let me start uh, very quickly with a with a background on sort of how how we started out and uh, sort of some of uh, some of our challenges that we've experienced which uh, which I think are, are echoed by a lot of the partners that that we work with so we started out as, a, as an MSP many years ago uh, then transition into a, a, a fairly uh, large hoster of um, you know, RDS and terminal services and VDI type environments. Um, and then in the time of, uh, of being the hoster and creating our service offering, we built a lot of internal technologies to make ourselves more efficient as a service provider. Um, and then a few years ago, we decided, hey, what if we take all of these technologies and, and, uh, and IP that we've created and package it up and create a product that helps other MSPs go through that same journey and we did that and the feedback that we kept getting was you know what it's it's great that you have this automation platform um, but we really would like to be able to put our customers in a public cloud in azure specifically as opposed to putting them uh, in in your hosting environment so we went ahead and we created an azure version of uh, of our product so with with that as a background i just wanted to kind of mention that that we've seen a lot of these challenges ourselves And having been an MSP and and having been a hoster and and now adopting Azure for our customers, you know, what I think uh, the pain points are, they really fall into three categories. I would say that the top pain points that MSPs are facing is the fact that Azure is perceived to be more expensive than an alternative solution, whether it's a hosting environment or or even maybe an on-prem system. So there is this perception that if you put customers in Azure, it's going to cost them more money and they're just not going to be willing to pay for it. You know, so that's pain point number one that you know hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to talk through on on how to address. Uh, the second c- category of pain points I, I would call complexity, and I think the complexity comes in, in in two flavors. There is the technical complexity. You know, Azure is a very robust and and you know sophisticated platform. So training up staff and and getting the engineering expertise to 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 provision and and build and maintain those systems. Um, is is not a small challenge, but there is also sort of the economic pricing and selling complexity Around azure's pricing model being consumption and most SMB customers that MSPs serve Are really not used to that type of a pricing model. They're really more used to, to a fixed cost uh, type of a solution so those two two areas of complexity are certainly challenges and then the third category I would say is is the risk that's associated with uh, with moving customers into azure and and i don't mean technical risk as far as you know, azure is an extremely secure robust and and stable platform it, it's more around the pricing variability where there is not a super predictable way of being able to to quote and estimate a robust azure environment for an smb to be able to to adopt it and they expect again fixed pricing as i've mentioned um, and then also having the resources the internal staff to maintain an Azure environment requires a certain level of, of engineering expertise and uh, yeah, I think a lot of MX, MSPs are you know experiencing the tight labor market in IT right now and and finding and retaining those people is, is certainly not, uh, not a simple task. No you're
2: right Vadim, I had a, I had a partner the other day that actually said he, was ha- he had to really struggle to save one of his top people from getting poached by some other company because the uh, labor markets so tight right now. Absolutely. All right, um, Sherman, Justin, uh, how would you guys like to contribute to this? Uh, what have you heard?
1: Well, you know, I think that there's a, a, a bunch of things uh, that we've been hearing, uh, you know, uh, from, from different partners. And I, I think that, you know, that's why I think Vadim, you know, coming here and kind of, of talking about how he's tackled, you know, some of these things uh, is going to be really important. Um, you know just let me ask you this just in your in your opinion you know what pain points are are are, are you experiencing you know uh, from you know some of your partners what are they saying about Azure and
3: well, hopefully you guys can hear me I can see <laughs> no one can hear you uh, so uh, give me a thumbs up if you guys can hear me Yeah, they've got no audio on
1: no audio uh, Steve, you want to turn the audio, uh, maybe unmute. Let's see.
3: All right, sounds looks like we're going now. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vadim. Uh, so sorry, everybody. Well, like Sherman said, Betsy's uh, Betsy's giving us some fits today. So uh, I, I do have a couple questions for you, Vadim. Um, and, and I've I've seen uh, there, there's a lot of great partners out there who are doing some some good things with uh, contributing to Azure growth. Uh, what what changed for you, uh, if you know, going from like last fiscal year into this fiscal year? What, what was the big change that allowed you to grow your business so much?
4: So I think the big change has has really been the, the the release of our product and uh, our product that that helps with the provisioning, management, and optimization of um, complete IT environments in Azure. Uh, you know, we build the product. From the mindset of an MSP having been one ourselves as to how we can address those challenges of you know making it more affordable making it less complex across both pricing and, and technology and, and also making it more risky I'm sorry less risky and more predictable in terms of uh, in terms of pricing for customers so I would say the the software product is really enabled to
3: yeah, that's so cool and, and it's something we talk about when we talk about partner profitability that you have to build something that has repeatable IP. Have you seen that your, your margins have increased because you have something so repeatable?
4: Absolutely. I mean, you know, we're able to, you know, first of all, capture a a bigger chunk of the pie of of our, um, you know, or our partners are able to capture a bigger chunk of the pie of their customers' spend on IT, you know, being able to put a comprehensive, complete system in Azure. Uh, And also by bundling it all together and providing a comprehensive service that, that includes, you know, all of the traditional um, MSP services on top of the technology, on top of the hosting of things in Azure, you know, things like help desk and, uh, and virtual CIO services and line of business applications, support and development, being able to bundle it all together in a complete end-to-end IT environment hosted in Azure really allows for, uh, for margins to increase significantly.
1: Okay, so let me, let me ask you a question, and, and, and then let, let, give us a thumbs up if you can actually uh, hear me. <laughs> let me know. Uh, the question uh, you know I have is, how hard was that? How hard was it to uh, put together? you know, this package, you know, for, you know, and, and, and I know as we, we talk about this to a blue in the face, right? You know, Hey, let's do packaging, 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 you know, uh, build your margins, you know, create four or five things, blah, 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 but you've done it. So help me understand, you know, what, is, what, what are your thoughts behind that? Was it that hard or was it more of like, I'm just going to do it?
4: Well, you know, um, I wouldn't say it was easy. Uh, I will say that it's been based on, you know, many years of of delivering these types of services just using a different technology platform, right? We only recently started um, allowing partners to use our software to deliver it on top of Azure. Prior to that, it was, you know, in a hosting environment that that we owned and operated ourselves. Um, So so that really gave us the domain expertise and, and... Really, visibility of all of the challenges um, that MSPs go through in selling and onboarding and supporting these customers. So, putting together the packaging, having had you know the learning curve behind us, probably made it made it a bit easier. And then building the IP, building the software to actually make it repeatable and automate it, and and you know implement all of the auto scaling that makes Azure efficient. Um, it, you know, it, it was a significant investment. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was trivial. But um, you know, we, it, thankfully we did it. Uh, but it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't trivial.
3: Hey Vadim, there's so many different programs at Microsoft. Uh, what, which ones? Are like, are, are, are there specific programs, uh, resources that you leverage to help you bring this to market?
4: Great question. Uh, you know, we we really leverage quite a few of them. You know, certainly. You know no least of them or probably the most useful one has, has been working with uh with jason and and thomas helping us navigate uh the the organization you know making making sure that that we are participating in calls like this and you know we're making other msps aware that the technology is out there that lets them short circuit and, and bypass that entire learning curve and the software development effort and you know product uh, productization effort uh th- that we've done and we've proven that it works uh so so definitely that's that's been a huge help to us in the last uh, last year or so
2: thanks Vadim. you know to to add to that one of the other things i think is important is if you're asking somebody to build a practice you have to have the staff for it or hope or think you can add the staff for it and anytime you can take an isv solution or something ip that someone else has created to uh, make that a faster transition we're always encouraging you to do that so um Please consider that as like one of the first options as we talk to you about practice building.
1: So you know, you you, you say you have you know extensive experience in Azure, you know, and, and I, I guess I would say that you know the answer to my question about how easy was it, and you know you being you know very open about it, I think is is wrong. You're supposed to say oh it was so simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so. Uh, you missed on that one, but we still love you, Vadim. Thanks for being honest. You know, very frank, and I hate to say, honest, I hate when people say, you know, I'm going to be honest now, or like, why well, do you lie all the time, right? You know, or to be, you know, just be frank. So, uh, now let's be as candid as that and talk about your experience with Azure. You know, you know, what has your experience been? You know, like the pros and the cons, and we, you know, a lot of us know about the pricing issues, but you know, help us understand, you know, your approach to that. Uh, you know for for the group and, and once again guys we're very lucky to have uh, you know uh, Vadim on here so please put your questions in the, uh, the Q&A section and we'll ask him. Vadim?
4: Well, well Sherman now I'm torn whether I should be frank or whether I should say yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I will definitely be frank about that as well. Uh, you know so our experience in Azure I, I guess started maybe two or three years ago. Um, it, it, it really has been variable initially. It was uh, it was a little bit difficult to port what we had running in a you know private cloud environment that we've developed over many years and be able to create something comparable early on. Uh, you know there were times when the platform just didn't have the services that we needed. It wasn't robust enough to to meet uh, customers' needs. You know, we had times when uh, VMs would reboot unexpectedly because the, you know, the, the, the backend needed to do updates and uh, that disrupted uh, customers who didn't really understand, you know, why that needs to be happening. I mean, there were times when we tried to power on VMs in certain regions and there wasn't enough capacity to bring them online. Um, but what I can say definitively is that over time things have improved dramatically and, and what's really been amazing is the pace at which Microsoft has been iterating you know how they've been releasing new technologies addressing any you know any existing issues and and it's just it's amazing in, in the short amount of time from from the time we started looking into Azure as the platform for uh, for for writing our software to today of how robust and capable and reliable and and, and performant um the system has become so you know, again, that was my, that was my frank answer to your question of what uh, what our experience has been.
2: <laughs> Perfect.
4: Thank you, Vadim. So we have
2: um, we have a couple questions, and one of the things that I, I absolutely thought would come up is talk about your market. So I know we've talked a lot about SMB, verticals you focus on. Could you address um, the question about sort of market vertical and existing customers as you migrated them over to Azure?
4: Sure. So, you know, if, if if you look at our product, you know, we, we really look at ourselves as, as more of an ISV uh, than, than an MSP at this point. And, and our product is designed specifically with other MSPs in mind, again, based on, on how, how we went through that transformation, and gives them the tools and technologies to address our um, the challenge of migrating their customer workloads into Azure and when I talk about customer workloads we're not talking about kind of a point solution of of moving just the backup or moving you know a a VM or two or using Azure AD I'm talking about the entire IT environment everything from line of business servers to identity with Azure Active Directory backup and DR and even desktops which are really at the core of, um, of, of our product it really enables msps to deliver a comprehensive it in the cloud to their customers everything running in a microsoft cloud Um, you know the question was yeah so you know let let me let me talk about pricing expectations and you know maybe azure calculator um, As as it comes in, in in terms of trying to sell infrastructure-type solutions to customers, and it's really somewhat Uh, complex—maybe an understatement. (laughs) It's it's quite complex, and I think the reason it's so complex is because you really need to be a super experienced Azure architect to know what the end solution is really going to look like, how it's going to behave under real-world load, to be able to go into the Azure calculator and and properly estimated and price it out and you know and, and for most mere mortals who are trying to sell IT solutions to uh, to SMB customers that, that is a difficult thing to achieve so Azure your calculator um, you know sometimes depending on what inputs you give it uh, obviously doesn't always provide all the necessary information to to price this thing out what we've done is we looked at solving that challenge by first and foremost standardizing every deployment. So the way that we build our software and the way we recommend that our, service, uh, that our partners use it is by understanding that every environment has sort of set basic components. You have, you have your servers, you have your desktops, you have your backup in DR, you have your security, and you have your messaging and collaboration. And if you wrap all of those together and customize them to meet a particular customer's needs, you're always starting from a common uh, set of parameters. And by by, by doing that, you now have an easier way of putting in sort of business-level variables and trying to get a more accurate estimate of what that's going to cost. Instead of trying to think about how much egress bandwidth bandwidth is my customer going to consume or how many you know storage IOPS I need to be sizing for you're thinking in terms of how many users does my customer have how much data storage do they have how many CPUs and RAM do their line of business servers consume and by answering a handful of those questions um, we've created a tool that lets you just plug in that information and, and it spits out you know here is a we you know ten or minus uh, plus or minus ten percent estimate of what a per user cost is going to be as well as what the total cost is going to be um, of the solution running in Azure. So you so, know but
2: even it's it's interesting and I'm seeing one of the comments
4: come in from Cohen as
2: well just about like the difficulty and I have um, I know I have another partner on the line that we've talked about that's doing well but talking about the complexity of the calculator um, we do all we can to try to mitigate that, but I'd like to send it back over to Southern California to Justin and Sherman and see how either a they might want to address some of this complexity with Dynamics Partners, or b look at the um, you know what what challenges and what ways have they tried to overcome some of these challenges with their partner group.
1: All right, you know, let's, let's uh, see what Justin. What, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, Walt, I, I see your question in there. Good to good to see talk to you uh, again. Uh, I, I think you're right. It, it, Starting an Azure practice is, is definitely, it's, it's not easy. And I don't think anybody here wants to mislead anyone and say, hey, that it's, it's the easiest thing in the world. Uh, but there are several things that you can do. So first and foremost, uh, when I talk to anybody about starting a new practice, the first thing I always mention is partnering. And I think a lot of you guys on the call are really good at it. Uh, here in Southern California, we've got an amazing IMCP chapter. I know they do in Chicago as well. So I say, first, go, go into uh, a mode of finding a partner who can help you start a practice and start throwing a couple of deals over the fence so you can see, is this working? Uh, the other thing that I would say is leverage our partner technical consultants. So I don't know how many people actually leverage this team, but we have a full team of engineers uh, that, that work around the country and actually uh, even overseas. So it's a, uh, what you can do is you can go into... An, uh, a website, and I'll put it in the IM window, it's aka.ms forward slash ask underscore PTS, Partner Technical Sales. And so what you can do is you can go into this tool and you can request an engineer for any, any specific technology and they'll do one-on-one mentoring with you for any particular um, deal that you have open. Or if you just say, hey, we want to start an Azure practice and we don't know where to start. They've got tons and tons of trainings all the time as well as they'll do one-on-one over-the-shoulder mentoring. So if you've got a specific scenario and say, hey, we're trying to think about how do we do this, they'll help guide you and give you a different direction on where to go, what to start with, what trainings you should take. They'll put together a full roadmap for you. So step number one, maybe find a partner that you can do the first couple deals with. Step number two, uh, leverage the partner technical consultants to help put together a roadmap to help you get to that, to that point.
1: Wow, I, I think that was worth uh, any attendance today, the, uh, the, the alias, and, and Justin's going to put that in there. We have been using ADV help, uh, but that's a little bit more broad. Now the PTS uh, alias is probably going to be uh, even better because it's specifically, right, you can, help, you can ask questions about Azure and, and, and doing that, and that's, I think, one of the issues that we have uh, with that. Eric, did you have a thought?
5: Well, you know, the other question that I had for, for Justin is what about the, uh, the CSP, uh, the distis? Um, do they have some resources that can help the partners as well?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, we do have uh, resources at each one of the DISTIs and, uh, and I think they do a fantastic job. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a combination thereof, right? So find out which one you're most comfortable with. I would say the partner technical consultants are really good at mentoring those who are brand new to a practice. I think sometimes the, the DISTIs are great at helping you uh, maybe do things with the Azure Calculator and figure out how to size things, help you with some CSP issues. But the guys that we have that are the full-time Microsoft employees, I mean, they, they do this every day with partners around the world. So I, I would leverage those as much as possible, but also understand, you know, some, and, and some DISTIs have better resources than others. So m- make sure you understand the harmony between the two. When should I go to Disty? When should I go to a partner technical consultant?
1: Fantastic. So, you know, we're at time uh, for the cloud growth portion of it, so why don't we go ahead and and roll our stinger for simplify, optimize, and repeat, and then we're going to learn more from Vadim about how to do that. All right, fantastic. So this one, you know, we have simplify, optimize, repeat. But I think it, it, it in, in this you know section, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about reducing uh, my risk uh, per se. So, you know, uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it back over to Jason. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start with the first question with Vadim? All
2: right. No. So um, I, I just want to kick this section off, and one of the things I'd like to say, because I've been talking to some partners about this. Is just like Justin offered in terms of the resources that we have we don't expect you to do this alone right so PDM should be risk mitigation um, as, as part of this and helping you guys deal with this but we'll start I mean since we were just talking about the Azure calculator and we can see how much time we spend on it but Azure pricing calculator friend or foe um, How has your Azure solution helped your team with the most important issues that you guys face in terms of building that Azure practice video
4: uh, yeah, Jason. So you know, as, as I mentioned, it can really be both. Um, if if you if you have the support or if you have the experience of uh, you know architecting these solutions properly, it, it certainly provides very valuable, detailed, and and actionable data. Uh, but you know, it's it's only as good as the as the inputs that you provided. Um, so so there are some risks associated uh, with that. So. the the way uh the way that our solution addresses it is by you know the standardization of a deployment and then taking out the design of the azure architecture from the from the pricing process you know and our goal was really to enable our partners' sales forces in, in being able to go in and sit in front of a customer and have a good idea, at least at least budgetary pricing, right, if not a full-blown proposal, but have a pretty good idea that if you're talking to, you know, company X, Y, and Z, and they, and they have, you know, 150 or 200 employees, and they have X number of locations, and they have, you know, 10 servers today with, you know, 5 terabytes of data, knowing the kinds of things that, that most MSPs know off the top of their head about their customers, being able to plug that information in and and transform it in a way that provides um, you know useful pricing insight as to what the average cost is going to be, allowing for obviously for some variability because because of the consumption based model uh, that Azure utilizes. So so that's been our biggest challenge. Our biggest challenge was trying to solve how do you make Azure something that, that our sales force can can talk about and can at least provide budgetary pricing and, and ideally even even proposals to customers, feeling confident that we don't have to pass the, the consumption-based risk to the customer. So we can give a customer a fixed price on a set of services, and they, they don't have to worry about the complexity, because that, that's really a lot of the value that MSPs provide to their SMB customers, is the fact that you know they mitigate some of their risk and they take away some of that complexity.
2: No, that's it's great, Vadim. I like the next one to follow into that. Let's hear some success stories. Do you have any success stories that relate to that that we
4: could share with the partners? We, we certainly do. I mean, we have partners um, all around the country, but, you know, the common thing that we see with partners who are successful and, you know, it's not just, they're not just dabbling in, in our tool in Azure, but, but they're actually deploying and, and onboarding live customers uh, into the platform is that Azure is a strategic direction? It's a, it's an explicit sort of a strategic mandate from the leadership to build a practice around Azure. Uh, so those customers who have decided, okay, you know, Azure is where I want my customers' data and workloads to live in the, in the, you know, in the, in the near future. The question is now, how do I get there? Well, I can, I can try to figure it out on my own, or I can partner and I can use an existing system and an existing product. To help me with that process, so you know we we have uh, we have customers using our products to, you know onboard. Uh, so we have partners using our products to onboard their customers into Azure, and again in an end-to-end fashion where they can literally turn off any local on-prem infrastructure that those customers may be coming from, and then utilize Azure in combination with Office 365. Uh, to provide a comprehensive IT in the cloud solution. Oh, that's that's awesome. So, I
2: actually, um, with the cloudomize discussion that's going on, Sherman and Justin, would you guys like to talk to some of the, the sort of cloudomize impact uh, since I came up on the thread in terms of how that might be helping your partners on the West Coast?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about that... Um, do you feel comfortable talking about that one? Yeah, sure,
3: and and uh, and I'll be frank about it. I appreciate um, it. I appreciate it. So, so here's the deal with the Cloudamize, uh licenses, guys. So we do have free CloudMise licenses available to all partners. Uh, so you just make a you make a request through the Disties, or if you're if you're working with uh, uh, even a non Disti, uh, the SureWebs, uh, the indirect providers, uh, those guys have access to these licenses. Just make the request. Even if you're direct, you still make the request through them because they're the authorized partners that Microsoft is. Um, um, basically paid for the licenses through. So just make the request. Now here's the good and bad of, of using the, the BitTitan tool or the CloudMize tool. Um, when you run it, it, it's a minimum of 14 days. So you have to install the agent and it takes a minimum of 14 days to, to produce the results for you to, to know, okay, this is the type of environment that I have, this is how I can optimize the environment to do a little bit better. Uh, if any of you guys are in the data center optimization program, uh, those guys uh, will, will frequently tell you, hey, we've got the licenses and you can go use them. It just typically will stall a deal for a little bit. So as you, it, it might be worth it in the first couple of deals to, to use the Cloud of my licenses so you understand the environment and where to go with it. Once you understand a little bit better of uh, how to size an Azure deal, I, I don't think it'll be as necessary for you. And so what happens, especially with the partners who are in the data center optimization program, is they've they've built um, maybe some better calculators for their own use, or there's some calculators that are available through that DCO program. And it it allows the partners to do things a little quicker and to be able to say, okay, well, we know exactly how much it's going to be. We don't really need the Cloudamise license. It's gonna take an extra 14 days. We don't need to slow down the deal. So there's the the, the very frank answer. They're there for you. If you need them to start your business and start understanding the environments, go use them. But once you learn it, you may not need them after, after a little bit.
1: You know, so, you know, one of the things, so I, 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 I'd ask you, you know, what are your thoughts, uh, you know, Jason and, and, and Eric as well, you know, behind this is um, if I was in the role of a partner, I would be using my internal use rights and provisioning a few different scenarios and kind of figuring out what those costs were so then I can uh, feel confident and, you know, and accurately, you know, put together the package and pricing. Um, it seems like we're not doing that. Uh, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, so, uh, I mean, if you're not using your internal use rights, it's the most difficult. And, and even me as a PDM, uh, one of the things that I do is, yeah, like, I don't, we don't get internal use rights as Microsoft PDMs, uh, but I personally pay for an Office 365 subscription. I have an MSDN subscription, so I have some Azure and EMS that I can go out and play with. It's the same. It's the same thing for us. We've got to use the technology to be able to talk to you guys best about it. Uh, but yeah, so as a as a partner, look, you're, you're going to get the thousand dollars of Azure credits if you if you get the silver competency, the silver cloud platform competency, you'll get an extra six. If you get the gold, you get an extra twelve. That's a lot of a lot of ground for you guys to, to play with it and understand. Uh, at the same time, the other the other thing to note, if you want to do it for customers. Number one, uh, you, you can, you, we've got the new CSP offers uh, for uh, Office 365 and EMS and Dynamics uh, for charity. right? So you can now offer all the CSP pricing there. Uh, now when you do that, you also get $5,000 of free credit for Azure. So if you want to do this for customers and there's no charge for the Azure, go talk to some nonprofits and practice with nonprofits who get $5,000 a
5: year.
1: That, that's really great advice. Eric, what are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on this?
5: No, I, I totally agree with Justin. I think you know one of the things that we see is that a lot of the partners don't really take full advantage of their IUR, uh, and this is definitely an area where I think they they need to uh, in order to really build that out.
1: Great, great. All right, uh, Jason, why don't we go back to the you know um, how MSPs can optimize and manage Azure infrastructure cost.
2: Excellent. Well, do uh, so. Vadim what are your thoughts about how they can optimize and manage their uh, Azure infrastructure costs
4: well I, I think that the first part of it is, is, a, is a quite an obvious one but it, it has some um, has some you know consequences and that is that unlike a a hosting environment or an on-prem environment this is a consumption-based billing model right? I mean obviously it, it's, a, it's a very obvious statement that Azure works like that um, but but what's important to realize about workloads that don't run 24 by seven is that, you know, whereas when we have an on-prem environment or a hosting environment where you own the infrastructure, running an application or workload 24 by seven costs you nothing more uh, other than additional electricity, if if anything, but there's really no incremental cost in running that workload. In in Azure, that's anything but true, right? If if you have an application, if, you know, let's take a, uh, A concept of a desktop right if you have uh, if you have an RDS deployment or a VDI deployment where you have users logging in and using their desktops you know you may have a hundred users during business hours but you may only have 20 users after hours Uh, why would you be paying and and running the system at the same size and scale 24 by 7 um, if if you can if you can right size it and, and size it properly so you know it is easier said than done right yes you do realize that that things that don't run 24 by 7 shouldn't be running 24 by 7 because it makes azure consumption high uh, but but how do you go about it and, and azure has some nice tools about automatically shutting down servers and being able to create some automations but as, as we found it's you know it's far from trivial um to optimize intelligently the workloads that there are in azure and, and one of the areas of focus that we have for our product is how do we take the user behavior and based on the expected demand of the users on the system proactively size the system up and down or scale it in and out um, so so that's really I would say the most important lever um, that that MSPs have in controlling the cost of Azure for a typical IT workload is just making sure it's not running when it shouldn't be running or it's not too big for when it doesn't need to be that big. Uh, so, so that's number one. You know, Number two, I would say standardization. If you have a standard deployment template, if you're if you're provisioning customers in a fairly consistent way, then anything you learn about how to optimize customer A can be directly applied to customer B and customer B can be applied to customer C and as you do more and more customers there is that knowledge that transfers from one to the other and you can get more efficient into how things are deployed whereas if you're doing a one-off deployment every time it's you know it's it's no longer as uh, as standardized and, and doesn't lend itself to to that kind of scalable learning model and then i would say the number 3 component is change the mentality from over-provisioning. Normally, you know, to mitigate some performance risks in a hosting or an on-prem environment, we have the mentality of, well, I'm just gonna throw a bit more RAM into it and I'm gonna throw a few more CPUs. Because it doesn't cost me that much, um, I'm just gonna over-provision to improve user experience. Doing that in Azure has cost implications and they could be very significant. So don't over-provision. Now, saying don't over-provision carries with, uh, with it the risk of hurting user performance if you don't you know if you don't size it just you know right and you don't over provision you end up under provisioning in which case your your customers and your users are going to be dissatisfied Uh, so what we found works really well is that it's it's important to have the mentality of not over provisioning but at the same time having a very um, short feedback loop almost in real time telling you how the user experience is at any given time and alerting you that, hey, user experience has dropped below a certain threshold. You need to look at uh, providing additional resources for for that particular workload. So a lot of the user monitoring and performance monitoring capabilities make you you more confident in not over-provisioning, thereby saving them costs.
2: No, that's awesome, Vadim. Um, so one of the things I'd like to call out in our last question because the next section is going to be brainstorming so we're gonna ask I'm prepping you that we're gonna ask you for your ideas just like some of these great discussions are going on in the Skype thread but Vadim what is your vision for how we foster wider adoption of, average, of Azure in SMB because I think there's gonna take some vision casting as opposed to your customers going do they have the need and they'll tell me they need it versus you knowing your customer well enough that you almost lead them to that conclusion is that being a good solution how would you how would you see that wider adoption of azure people who know they should do have a five-year plan to do but aren't doing today yeah.
4: um you know so so i think part of the question was kind of which which may industries um uh, you know to that this applies to so they're there obviously the the easier ones where, where the fit is is very strong and those are the highly regulated ones so you got your legal financial services um, and, uh, and, and healthcare but what I think is important uh, to foster very wide adoption across across much of our customer bases is to create a compelling use case for Azure right you, you know Azure is, is this tremendous toolbox of various things you can create by using its tools so creating a use case for the customer without necessarily getting into the specifics of, of how it works on the plumbing side and Azure side, you know, tell them the use case is you already probably have your email and, and documents in, in SharePoint and Office 365. What if you could have your entire IT in a similar way in a Microsoft Cloud? I think for most SMBs, that is a long-term vision for them. They don't see being an IT business um, with uh, with the cloud transformation that's going on. And we just need to create A use case that makes sense to them and one that that's complete and holistic Um, and then ultimately we need to eliminate the barriers that are preventing them currently from adopting Azure which as we mentioned earlier it's the perceived high cost of Azure it's the technical complexity for pricing and implementing it and and it's the you know the perceived risk of um, of of not being able to retain or or attract the right kind of talent uh, to implement a, a complete Azure solution Perfect. Thanks, Vadim. Hey, so
2: the green fish means it's time to go back to Sherman in SoCal. So I will uh, send it back over there.
1: (laughs) So yeah, you know the uh, the, that's uh, a picture I took while I was uh, you know diving for sharks uh, and uh, you know hammerheads. I I usually wrestle them you know on the weekends, uh, but I found this really cool uh, you know yellow fish, and I figured we'll take a picture for that. all right, so uh, you know uh, TNT uh, is is uh, we'd like to play them next, but we're having some technical difficulties again. So uh, as you can see, we've we've learned how to show a sense of complete calm uh, while inside. It is an absolute, uh, you know, it's mayhem uh, inside. So uh, we're going to actually put it on point drive. So uh, Justin actually just uh, uh, clicked on, uh, or actually just posted a link, and this is where we're we're uh, pushing everyone. What I'd like to have everyone do right now is go ahead and click on that link. Uh, open up another window. You'll see it's kind of a it's a it's a good you know repository of all of uh, the content we will be posting uh, TNT up there. They are very important. They spend a lot of time on this unfortunately Betsy is uh, acting up uh, on this one so uh, with that being said let's go ahead and get into uh, brainstorming there there really are no bad ideas here Um, and with that being said let's look at Azure solutions for Q4 and FY19 so I'm going to go ahead and and bring these up Oh, that was partner back office Um, so you know with that being said I think the the first question you know uh, you know maybe if you want i don't know jason if you how you want to do this but you know basically you know do you know where your data is and and is it safe uh maybe we can kind of throw that out to the crowd see what they're thinking jason what are your thoughts
2: yeah so i'll kick this one off because i'm really hoping um this is part of something um our team as a pdm group is going to be looking at as well so i own uh trying to help our team come up with new ways for partners to do more in azure and we've talked to we've talked to folks about backup. We've talked about Azure Site Recovery. Those are all good solutions. However, I'm really looking for you guys, uh, you guys, the partner community, to lead us somewhere in some way to tell us where, even if it doesn't exist today, or you think it might exist, where are the new solutions? So, you know, my first thought and where's your data and is it safe? You know, as we're talking about, you know, what's going on with say Facebook and cybersecurity and everything like that, um, the other aspect of data security is HIPAA and PII and and compliance issues, right? And there's partners who are starting to at least dabble in what are going to be my data visualization solutions. What am I going to be using Power BI for? But can I do the analytics in the cloud, or does it have to be protected because I'm working with healthcare clients that are having having to be HIPAA compliant, or other clients that have uh, issues around PII or GDPR, which is coming up with anyone who transacts in Europe. So what I'd like to do um, is is have some folks on the thread, throw out some ideas, right? If they think it's you know pie in the sky throw it out there um you know one of the things that might be worth mentioning unless we get something else really quickly is calling on um justin because i just had a chance to look at a bot that he created that helped his partners and so um you know justin would you mind just talking a little bit about the success you had in in putting out your um your faq bot and how it might have helped your partners in the process we just had
3: Oh, they're, they're telling me the Manish was on last week, uh, and he was talking about bots, right? Yeah, yes, I, I, I did. I yeah. did actually watch that. Yeah. So, so that again, like I told you guys earlier, it's the same thing for us internally. I mean, we, we have to play with this stuff to be able to understand it. And I, I will tell you, so it was not the, not the last Inspire conference, but the one before that. Uh, I guess it was the Ready conference, our internal one. Uh, they were talking about all the, our, our, the research and development team was everything that they were doing with bots. And I thought, wow, that is what I need. I need to duplicate myself. Like Sherman, has, he has his twin brother, S. Paul, that I'm sure you guys have heard about. <laughs> uh, but I don't have an S. Paul. So uh, I, I needed to find some way. And, and so I kind of put it on the back burner, but I kept thinking about it. And then one weekend, I was reading the paper, and I read a story about somebody who created a bot on Facebook and how easy it was and I thought, okay, the time is now, I've got to figure this thing out. So I went into Azure, I just started doing a little bit of research on my own, and it, it took me about two hours to develop my first, what we called, bot at the time. It was a very basic bot, but I was able to put in like 20 of the most common questions, and, and it was pretty awesome. Uh, but, it, but I could only take it so far, so then I, I worked with Manish, and, and Manish helped uh, take it to a whole another level, something I never thought it would be. Uh, but w- one of the things that I did is, is I got so excited about it I created a YouTube video and, you know, I've created YouTube videos in the past and you know, like a hundred of my friends will watch it and that's about as far as it goes. Uh, but this this uh, YouTube video I created a little over a year ago now and I, I, just, I just saw the stats on it. It has over 9,000 views and I've got I don't know how many likes. It's it's pretty incredible. I've never had anything like that on YouTube before. But that was just kind of my foray into I've got to learn something. And then Manish and I started talking about how do you take this into creating a bot as a service so you can actually charge people a recurring revenue stream so you can have that. You have to support it. You have to add more questions. So we, we came up with a great business plan for him to move forward. But I think that's, again, it's something that you guys can do. Just go find a workload. There's like 400 workloads in Azure right now. What is your specialty? Because you don't want to offer up everything. What you want to do is you want to find something that really works for you that you can take to customers. If it's about helping secure their data, we can tell a great story about uh, how, how safe Azure is uh, compared to maybe their their colo that they're using, their on-premises. Uh, if it's, hey, we just want to start with backup, I've seen a lot of partners do that. But start with that one workload, figure it out, go really deep in it, create an offering, you know, very similar to what Vadim's done. Uh, make make create your own IP, that's that's the most profitable way to do this thing.
1: You know, the, the bot, you know, what's interesting about the bot, too, is uh, I named my bot Cortez, right? <laughs> and I want him to have a Spanish accent for a, hello, my name is Cortez, I'm the most interesting bot in the world. right? Uh, so it's funny, I was just talking to the MTC architect, and well, this is what a lot of people don't know. Uh, as a partner, as a managed partner, um, you have access to the MTCs and the architects here. Uh, You have clients who want to come in and, uh, you know, talk about Azure. Uh, We had uh, a partner, Insight, uh, who may or may not be on the call today, but uh, they brought in uh, one of, or like three or four actually, um, uh, people from one customer to kind of do a surface hub demo, right? And we had the architect in here uh, basically do this demo for them. They walked out of here like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because it's, you know, the gravitas of the MTC studio and then having somebody who, Who their whole job is to understand this technology, right? And we can do a a bang-up job on a lot of stuff, but it's really having them. But the reason why I brought them up too, and this coincides with the bot, is now I was just told that you know Bing just they just released the APIs to allow you to do the speech to text and text to speech. So now you actually can uh, add speech to this bot, right? So you have the AI, the AI piece, which is difficult, but you can do it. And that's why we talked about contact. uh, uh, you know, Manish, uh, if you're dumb, you're, you're, you want your dumb, to, dumb bot to be super smart, right? But now, you can do the voice piece of it. And the funny thing was, they have one here now uh, that has uh, Sheldon's voice uh, nice. uh, as, the, as the person who responds. And we're not going to say the name of the show because we're really careful with branding and copyright laws here, but Sheldon, you probably know if you're in uh, technology and a and, and, uh, self-proclaimed uh, lover of great, you know, funny television, um, y- you would know what I'm talking about. So, you know, that being said, the bot it really is is awesome. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you see, Eric? What, what do you, uh, you know, see with some of your partners? You know, anything new, or I mean, you, you work with many so, I so. Mean,
5: yeah, I mean, I think what Manish is doing is is really, you know, cutting edge from that side of things and, and if there are partners out there who are interested in finding out more about that, certainly encourage them to uh, to reach out. I put uh, his email address in there for uh, anybody who's interested in, in connecting with him. Um, but uh, you know, I think that's uh, a huge opportunity out there. We see that as a, a massive growth area. Uh, and if you look at you know, what uh, other, other vendors are out there doing with that type of, of capability, uh, it's an area that I think a lot of Microsoft partners have an opportunity to, to go into uh, as we see customers becoming more and more comfortable with leveraging that type of technology as well. Um, so Manish showed some examples last week of using it in uh, call center, contact center types of environments, but there are you know, countless different kinds of, of uses for the, uh, the bots and the artificial intelligence
1: that's that's really great so you know we we typically have a spot for Eric as well on the sales marketing tip we're actually going to record that right after this we will be posting that to uh, to YouTube which will then go to the point drive so please make sure uh, that you check out this nugget and I think what we're going to cover uh, I know we, we just have technical difficulties all day today. <laughs>
5: yeah, no. Uh, this time we're covering uh, a little, a kind of a, an add-on to the conversations we've had in the past around marketing and marketing spend. But the, the focus for this week is going to be on customer value, customer lifetime value, or five-year value. So I, uh, I put together some examples in there, things that I've done with partners in the past to take a look at what's the value of a customer, because, This conversation takes us into what's the value of a lead. So if we understand what the value of a customer is better, then we can take a look at what's a lead really worth to the organization and what should you really be spending uh, on your marketing side. So it all kind of comes together around some of the conversations we've had in the past. And uh, if anybody has questions, certainly uh, reach out to me. I'm happy to chat with you guys on on the topic and you'll be able to see uh, the uh, recorded version on the point drive.
1: Awesome, awesome. I I just looked at my email this to ensure that we have uh, participation. Uh, if you haven't clicked on a point drive, uh, please, please do. Uh, and um, if if uh, Terry or Thomas could open up their notes uh, so we can just get a, uh, an attendance record, uh, do go to my notes and open it up here. Um, so uh, what I wanted to do real quick here is go back to our, um, our slide here. As you can see, Vadim uh, has been in the uh, left-hand corner, but I'm gonna go ahead and move it out to the contact information, so you know we want to provide everybody the opportunity to reach out to some of our guests that are uh, on the uh, show here. Uh, Justin uh, would be uh, if you want, can you please put your just contact info? Uh, but Justin is extremely busy. Uh, we're very lucky to have him here, uh, but one of the nicest people here at Microsoft, and always out there to kind of help. So um, you might be able to reach out to them if you have a quick question. Um, Let's pass it back to, to, to Jason and Vadim. Vadim, can you provide them maybe your last thoughts uh, on on the program uh, and how people can contact you, partner with you, etc.
4: Definitely. Again, thanks thanks for for the opportunity to uh, to join everyone on the call this morning. Um, you know, if if, um, if anyone is interested in uh, you know leveraging uh, some some of our technology and kind of seeing how we go about. Uh, creating these Azure use cases. Our uh, website is getnerdio.com. There is a, you know, a a section dedicated specifically to, you know, to Azure and the product. There's uh, some nice free trials you can sign up for um, and and see um, some of the technology right on the website. Um, My email address is up on the screen. If you have any questions or want to hear more about our experience or experience of any of our partners, please feel free to reach out directly.
2: And uh, the other thing I'd like to tell folks on the call, uh, Nerdio and Vadim and his team are going to be at uh, Inspire. And I say that also because we need you to be at Inspire with us. So um, please know that we'll be talking to everyone about you know how we can set up uh, great experience introductions and meetings at Inspire. So let's go ahead and get that signed up and we'll start making our plans for July. That's all we have here in Chicago. Back to you,
1: Sherman. Fantastic. And thank you so very much. Next week, uh, we have uh, two uh, really awesome partners in studio. Uh, Jake from One Plus One uh, uh, Tech, uh, the fastest growing partner in our group at like around 600%. It's unbelievable. And then uh, I did just get a notice from Team Logic another great partner uh, that will be uh, in studio. So thanks everyone for joining today. We really do appreciate it for Justin, for Jason, uh, for uh, Eric, for everybody here. Uh, thank you very much for contributing. Uh, we uh, we love this. All right, have a great day and uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey there, my name is Sherman Cranston. I'm the Senior Partner Channel Development Manager here at Microsoft and the host of the panel, Strategies from the Titans of Sales and Industry. If you're interested in understanding how you can build large margins through packages, if you're interested in how to create differentiation uh, within the marketplace or simply uh, you want to understand the latest cutting edge sales and marketing techniques, make sure you join us each week uh, on Fridays from nine to 10 a.m. Thanks so much, and have a great day. Bye-bye.